0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And
2: I am joined as ever by Mr. Stephen Finn. Finney, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. I've lost my voice after donating far too much money to... Trump at, um, at Turnberry over a couple of days last week. He was charging me £8 a pint for a Guinness, which was an absolute shambles. So he's probably having a few spray tans on me. But other than that, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm very good, thank you. Uh, I
1: should explain, if you didn't hear last week's episode, that Stephen Finn was on his way to play golf at Turnberry, one of Donald Trump's golf courses up in Scotland. Um, how, how did it go, Finney? Because you recently had a midlife crisis and got your ears pierced. Well, I, I played golf okay the other day. When I say okay, I went around in 23 over and immediately had a midlife crisis and I treated myself to an entire custom set.
2: And so, <laughs> so I'm having a midlife crisis with you. How did you go? Did you hit the ball well? The first day when I'd only had a couple of beers in me before the first hole, I was fine and really enjoyed it. And the weather was set fair. The Second day, we had an absolute skimful the night before Um, We had to tee off on the Ailsa, which is the championship course, at 10 past 10. I was seeing about four balls when I was on the first tee box. Shanked it, duffed it, shorted the ladies' tee. Had to pull my pants down and play with my pants down for the next shot. (laughs) And then it it started pissing down about a third of the way through and was cold, windy. Um, So, yeah, I enjoyed the first day a lot more than the second day, but it was still fun. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that you stuck to
1: that rule because... Some people bottle it when they play a nice course, but I'm glad that you were made to play the next shot with your trousers around your ankles. Now, next up, a a man that nobody wants to see with his trousers anywhere (laughs) other than firmly above the waist, uh, Mr. Daniel Norcross. How are you, Dad? I'm I'm completely naked from the waist down. I've finally
0: arrived at this hotel and, uh, yeah, the, the train was a trifle late and then it was one of those things where I was having a fag because I had, you know, because I've been in the train for a long time, like two and a quarter hours. So I thought I'll have a fag and then get in the cab. And then it became clear to me that by actually waiting, I was gonna get the Joker cab man. Because I'd seen this guy, the long hair, the sort of you know, 62 years old, still trying to rock it. He was going from cab to cab, all right, mate, how are you doing? Great to see you, yeah, wonderful, yeah. And shit if I didn't end up in his cab so he started by telling me that he wasn't going to take up much of my time and then took me the longest route possible through the centre of Manchester uh, 45 minutes in a cab while he told me all about how to commentate football and uh, what he thought about John Motson and uh, Manchester City, he's a big Man City fan I got to find out a lot about Man City which I wasn't that keen on (laughs) <laughs> uh, and uh, and then I arrived to find that the shop that I'd earmarked to get my bottle of wine from for 6 99 so that I could actually endure the next 45 minutes of my life while you two ponts on about golf um, and the bleeding shop had closed down hadn't it so I had, to, I had to go and get a bottle of Pinot from the bar and to say that this is a challenging Pinot is to put it mildly it is, it's, it's, I'm going to have to go fast early is the only way with a bit of pinched nose and just glug so talk amongst yourselves for the next 10 minutes and I should be compassmentist by around five to six
1: perfect it shows how well because of COVID the TMS team you know you haven't been going up to Salford as much as you used to no that's right and as a result, yeah. that shop has closed down because they were they normally yeah. rely, they rely on you buying wine from there every five minutes. And as soon as you that's, weren't that's there, that's basically
0: it. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. So because we did a lot of stuff up here, and then you're right, COVID ended, and then no no coincidence, it ended. Craig, Craig uh, Charles is downstairs in the bar, is he holding court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to go and have well, a chat he, with him. The remember, I've got to speak to you.
2: Robot Wars, didn't Craig Charles? Robot do Wars? Wars, that's oh, right. A yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, and so so a what a program. And now this is a generational thing. That you went Red to, dwarf. yeah. I was going to say the fact that me and Finny both fought our oh, robot wars before we fought of Red Dwarf shows shows our generation gap here. Uh, well, lovely to see you, Norcross, as always, and uh, and you get that yeah. wine down, you sir. Now I, I am will. I'm joined by these two reprobates uh, every single week, but I'm very excited to say that we have got a very special guest of us as well because we are joined by the one and only. Mr. Jack Leach. Hello, Jack. How are you doing, mate? You well? Good, thanks, mate.
3: Yeah, good. Um, Is this a cricket podcast? I haven't uh, heard it mentioned (laughs) once. but um, um, (laughs) Thanks for the nice welcome. I'm not very special, but um, yeah, thanks for that anyway.
1: Well, you're very special to us. We don't get many guests, as you can imagine, having heard that first five minutes. Nobody ever wants to come and chat to us. Well,
0: you know why he's on, poor thing? This was not part of his plan, I don't think. But I bumped into it at the Cricket Writers Club. Yeah. And I'd had a bit to drink. And uh, I chatted and, and all the time, you know, I was listening to Jack, you know, very, very politely. But all the time I could hear Toby's voice in my head going, invite him on a podcast, invite him on the <laughs> podcast. So poor Jack was just, thinking he was chatting away to me perfectly harmlessly. And then he's got lumbered with this. So thank you, Jack. Yeah, he's just too nice. I
3: was surprised to get your message the next day because I thought you might not have remembered that we exchanged You were gutted. You should just do what Finney and I have done and block his
1: number. It will save your world of trouble. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I didn't tell him my number, did I? <laughs> I
1: just got his. Yeah. <laughs> but very wise. Very, very wise. Uh, Jack, it's great to see you. Genuinely, how have you been the last, I mean, 18 months, I guess, because we sit here on this podcast every week and we talk about COVID bubbles and, you know, squad rotation and how weird cricket has been over the last 18 months. But you've actually been in there living it. How how strange has it been as a player?
3: Uh, yeah, it has been strange. I think um, <laughs> so strange that I'm actually going to take up golf now as well, um, because it's the only way to get out of the bubble. So, I'm now taking golf clubs to Australia. I bought some second hand off eBay. Um, So, yeah, I think um, my midlife crisis has come quite early. Yeah, it has been strange, I think. To start with, you kind of, you know, you do anything to kind of play for England and, you know, you just see it as an amazing opportunity. I guess cricket is quite a a bit of a bubble, even when, you know, COVID's not going on. But so you kind of think it will be fine. And it is fine, you know, but I think over time it kind of, does weigh down a little bit and you feel like a little bit of a zombie in there and um, I guess especially when we didn't have crowds I think that was particularly hard and yeah I think um, over time it did start to, to weigh down especially when you're not playing I guess you've got more time to think and you're just spending a lot of time training missing out on county cricket and not sure if you're improving as a player or not and I think those are the hardest things for me.
0: I was in those bubbles with you last year in Manchester and, and Southampton, but not not for the whole time. So you guys were for the whole time. And we found that if you did sort of two or three weeks, that's when it started to really get you down. So, you know, some commentators were in it sort of constantly because they were going from the test matches, then the one day is then back to the test matches, whereas I was sort of popping in and out, I was doing like one week at a time. So for me and toughers, it was absolutely great because we'd meet up. Uh, at a time when no one was allowed to go to bars and we could go to the bar and the hotel yeah. and just, just, you know, go crazy. Yeah. But for you guys, especially in Manchester, uh, you know, I, I'm, I despise golf, so I'm not going to get drawn into that, but I believe that at the edges, <laughs> oh, you've got a golf course so you can wander around and tell your caddy to, to pick up your rubbish or whatever strange, feudal, nutcase things happening in golf. But in Manchester, you couldn't go anywhere, could you? I mean, that, did that feel noticeably more claustrophobic?
3: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the Aegeus Bowl, we did uh, a month or so before the first test. um, And I think that was quite a long time of doing any, you know, doing it before a game. And then we had the first test there. Then we had two tests, Manchester, back to Aegeus Bowl. I think I would happily never go to the Aegeus Bowl again. (laughs) And um, it's kind of like you wake up and, you know, I think I used to enjoy, like, you know, you play a counter game there and you're like, oh, the ground is just there. That's so good. Um, and you've kind of got a view of the ground. And then, oh, that view of the ground. I, I don't think I'll ever forget it. But um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I didn't play golf last year and I didn't play COD either. So, you know, those are the two things that people seem to spend their time doing so yeah, I'm not sure why I did really, but um, there was a bit of card school and stuff like that. And obviously, like, I think as players, we can't really drink our way through it. So with games and stuff. No,
0: I'm sorry about that. We, we, we did get to do that. But <laughs> but you, you you mentioned something. I, was, I wanted to sort of just come back to you on there. You said you weren't even sure if you were getting any better because you weren't getting to play matches. But one of the sort of features, it seemed to me, of the bubbles was that, Actually, these like the, over, the, the, the teams you were playing and indeed the England players themselves seemed to go into those test matches looking like they were really quite prepared. I mean, was that partly because you were actually practising with the very best players, coming into squad games and constantly netting with the team? Do you think that actually sort of raised the level a bit? It was hard for us to understand from watching on because we were expecting it to be a bit more ragged, you know, yeah. when it first started back in June, July.
3: Yeah, I remember there being a real excitement just because, you know, it's like a new experience for all of us to like that first half of the season was just completely written off. So, you know, you kind of start thinking, oh, I've taken this stuff for granted. And and I think as a group, we were really looking forward to just like getting back out there and and playing. So I think we felt very lucky in the circumstances to, to be able to have Test Cricket on. And we knew that obviously there was a lot of people in worse positions and also but also who would enjoy the cricket being on um, as something to keep them busy and stuff. So I think all of those things combined, um, you know, you felt a bit of a duty to kind of be on top of your game. And and, um, yeah, we were also just really excited to be playing cricket again. Yeah, it's, uh, it was. It was so nice when that
1: test cricket, it feels like a different lifetime now. But when those behind closed doors test series were happening against the West Indies, it was so, so welcome. I was like, right, well, that's my next five days of lockdown sorted. I don't have to leave the sofa pub. <laughs> uh, Finny, I want to touch on something there because Jack mentioned he's taking his golf clubs out to Australia. By the way, be very careful, Jack. I've just come back from Spain. I've lost my nine iron and my eight iron's bent in half. So make sure you look after those clubs. The baggage <laughs> handlers do not care about your golf clubs oh. at all. Uh, Finny, but... How much has it changed from when you first started playing and going on England tours to, to sort of nowadays when, because I look at some of the England setups now and you'll see Ben Stokes, for example, go on tour and it looks like his Xbox setup is better than the one that I've got at home here. And that's, you know, on the other side of the world. And it used to just be, like Jack mentioned, that used to just be, um, basically you played a game of cards if it rains and uh, and in between, um, normally the players would go out drinking all night and Jack Russell might be painting. And apart from that, there wasn't a lot to do, but it's so different nowadays with the entertainment on hand for these guys when they're touring Finney did you play with that <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm not that old <laughs> 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 I'm only just yeah. older than
0: yeah, you yeah I know I'm, I'm enjoying I tell you I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying oh, I look old, old jokes I look old. Are coming at me they're going at yeah. Finney this is brilliant <laughs>
1: You've just been on uh, just just got off the boat in Australia, you know. Then what happened?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so me and Leechy were groomsmen for Joss Butler at his wedding. That's where we formed a real strong bond on Joss's stag do a few years ago. So it's those jibes. I think he's still getting me back for calling and peanut for for the entire <laughs> few days in um, in Amsterdam. But that, the the thing for. The entertainment for cricketers now is very different. I think we didn't have curfews really, unless it was the night before a game, as I understand it now. The guys have curfews every single night, even on a normal tour outside of COVID times. My cat's literally getting in on the act now. Look at it. It's a really, <laughs> it's
0: a really lovely cat. It's It's a, it I'm, is I'm a mesmer- beautiful cat. I'm mesmerised by the cat. Not you.
2: That was a is great it, entrance
1: it, as well. I should explain.
0: For is, it that can't see this. Yes. is it a British blue? Yes. Is it British blue? It's yeah. bloody. I don't got lovely fur. A British blue. Make great gloves. Absolutely lovely. <laughs> oh,
1: Finny, Finny was describing the curfews and then just beautifully, his cat just popped his head in from the left of screen and just stared, <laughs> stared down the camera. And then it's taken one look at Norcross and it's fucked off. Yeah. Yeah. You scared our shitless. <laughs> uh, you were saying about the curfews, Finny, back in the day.
2: Yeah, like we were very lucky that there were no curfews. So the best way to get over jet lag in Australia is just, or was just to stay up as late as you could and the way you do that's by going out and having a few beers um, and everyone together as a team which is actually quite a nice team building experience to go out and just get your feet under the table in Australia but I think now with the the amount of money that's in the game and the sponsors that rely on the guys to be heads on and switched on the whole time um, I think that that's one of the biggest things about touring and one of the things that actually does make it really hard and adds even more pressure onto the guys who are touring, which I think sometimes gets misunderstood. I think, and as Leechy says, it's such an honour and a privilege and a pleasure to play for England and to represent your country. But um, when you're when constraints are put on you so much, it does make you do mad things like play Xbox for twelve hours a day and then go and play a round of golf. Has, has that
0: changed, Jack? Noticeably in the last few years, because I was out for the the last Ashes series, and I remember remember having a drink in Brisbane with. Uh, so, like Johnny Bairstow and James Taylor James Taylor was there with us anyway and somebody else so people were sort of out and about you know going off to bars and, yeah. and not, not getting hammered or anything just going out in the evening yeah. has, has, that, has that sort of changed a bit then in the last few years?
3: Yeah I think so I mean I remember my one of my first tours was Sri Lanka and um, the one day guys were already out there and then the the test boys joined them and and they were at the end of their tour. We were at the start of ours, but we went to Kumar Sangakara's restaurant. It was like an opening event. Oh yeah. But, the crab one. Oh yeah. yeah. No, sorry. It was a sports bar that was, he was opening. It was a couple of years ago. And um, we, um, you know, it's my first experience of touring with England. And, um, you know, we they said, everyone's going to go there for a little bit. And it ended up being the booziest night ever. And, I was sat at the bar at the end of the night with Joss and Jimmy Anderson and Jimmy was saying to me that he didn't he didn't spray people in county cricket because he couldn't be bothered and I was thinking what he literally sprayed me so bad and so um (laughs) and he was like oh I don't think I even know I'm doing it and um so like those kind of (laughs) those kind of conversations that maybe uh I think what Finney was saying earlier like those kind of conversations it was really good to have that it kind of makes you feel a bit more comfortable and I don't think those necessarily happen as well without alcohol um at times or at least like sitting around in a social situation and and kind of getting to know each other on a bit of a deeper level so that was a really good start to that tour and we won 3-0 I don't know if it had anything to do with it but um (laughs) it went really well so but yeah I think the boys will be even if it's just going out for food and stuff it's just trying to get away from the cricket when you can and I think that's what's gone missing the last couple of years with Covid especially is um, that you know you go back to your room and think about the day's play or whatever and and that is probably not very healthy. That's what Jason Holder said
0: sorry Jason Holder said exactly that in in Manchester he said the problem for them was that it was it was the same people every evening. And as captain, he felt he had to keep them going, he had to keep them up. Mm. So they would go to that room, you know, there's a designated space, wasn't there, for each team at Old Trafford. Yeah. But it would be like, go and do it, rinse, repeat, come back. And then you'd gaze out at the ground with, where yesterday you might have got first baller. So you couldn't even escape. It was like it was screaming at you saying, yeah, you screwed up yesterday right there. Yeah. <laughs> you opened the curtains. You know? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Spot on. Well, a lot of um, a lot of ex cricketers and guys who played in the seventies, eighties, they swear by the interactions that you have under the influence of alcohol, and not necessarily binge drinking and and going out and being absolute idiots, but the conversations and the openness that you have regarding cricket in those situations help them learn and develop as players and learn from the older guys because that's where they did their talking about cricket was in a social environment. Um, I mean, those conversations probably happen a bit more, maybe if they're forced or not now, I don't know, but I think they were they were far more natural back in the day by the sounds of it. And and that's a shame that if you like if if you're not allowed out to do stuff or you're spending so much time with guys through the day that you don't actually get the opportunity to go out and do that and have that learning experience. I think that's something that's
3: a shame to lose as well. Yeah. I think one of the the biggest things that I think when you when you fail in the game is that you you're almost worried about what your teammates think of you and and so if you're having that kind of um camaraderie or whatever at the end of the day and you end up having a laugh and a joke about it and you sort of see your teammate's reaction to you maybe fucking up, then <laughs> at least then it kind of it can put you at ease moving forward and I think. Just sometimes being able to have a laugh and a joke about messing up, we've kind of lost that maybe as society It's like we, you know, scared to fail and that kind of thing. And actually anything that makes that a little bit easier probably will bring the best out in people more often.
0: You come on the right. You come on the right podcast, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are people who are not scared to fail. <laughs> <No, laughs> we've we've been failing in this podcast for the last thirty-two weeks,
2: and, and, yeah, and we minutes, always so, come you know. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's still <laughs> costing us money to do this fucking thing. When am I going <laughs> to buy myself a flat white with the proceeds you're, of something? You're obsessed
0: with money, Finny. You're obsessed oh, yeah, with money yeah. but for, for something. Think, think of the fans. Think of the people who tune in religiously every week to what, hear your And <laughs> My yeah. mum, yeah, but those. But those seven people all love you, Finney. They love you for you. And you're, you're giving them something. Look, think of the parish priest in the Shetlands. He's probably only got about five people in this congregation, or her for that matter. And he, she, he goes out there and does the Lord's work every week. Doesn't think, where's the money coming from? Oh, there's only five people. No, you gaze into their enraptured faces and you realise what inspiration you give to a very small part of a new generation of cricket lovers. <laughs> I can't believe you just
1: com- <laughs> yeah. compared this rabble of a podcast to the, to the word of our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, it's up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to actually ask Finny, because uh, Jack mentioned there when he played against Jimmy Anderson in county cricket. Of course, you two have uh, have come face-to-face in county cricket before. Finney how's your batting been against Jack's bowling, would you say?
2: Well, I can't remember if I faced Leachy actually. Do you know what I? I, You got me out twice this year. Yeah, I got him out twice.
3: He's in each pocket.
2: Um, (laughs) pocket.
3: Don't you remember I got you out? You know, before we went on the stag do, and it was that game. Yeah. Down, and I got you out LBW. Yeah, you relegated us on an absolute cabbage patch (laughs) wicket. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The groundsy, mate. The groundsy had a trowel and fucking digger on the wicket the night before the game. <laughs> uh, oh, was was that was that the year you didn't bowl your overs
0: quick enough against Surrey and then yeah. you got you got relegated because of that was it the, oh <laughs> that must that must have been agonising for you Finny so so Jack presumably, Jack when he got you out you were, what you were swinging for the hills for the declaration where no. you a couple the of sixes off him you caught a D mid wicket no?
3: no you course. did off cut me for four that was a wonderful shot Oh, thanks Finny I do need that at the moment. So, yeah, I um, I got out twice, caught short leg, didn't I? Yeah, in the same day. De- it's oh, always hard right? in the same, same, same day. Time. Don't
0: say this publicly. The Aussies don't need to know this. They're going to target <laughs> him big time out. <laughs> the producer
3: needs to expunge
0: this. I want right? to I edit I wanna this and- out,
3: Finny, because he that that made me go away and work on it. And next game I was pulling, and oh it felt so good. So um, that that's. Don't worry about that. I was in a bad place at that point. <laughs> but it's always hard, right? So when you're bowling against your mates and
2: your mates are tail-enders, like Leachie, well, leechy has got a test match 90, so he's not a genuine tailender, ender but <laughs> yeah. he bats down the bottom. And you don't, you just want to get them out. You don't want to hurt them. You don't want to have to bang it in short. But because Leechy's literally got the best forward defence in English cricket, it meant that you sort of have to resort to it. So like when you're bowling to your mates, the first few, you're like, right, I'm going to try and nick him off here and nick for a few overs until you're getting a bit tired and you're like, I'm, I'm really sorry. You almost want to apologise before you bowl the ball and say, look, we all know what's coming here. We all know that it's going to get slammed halfway down. I don't really want to do it, but if you were to just miss a straight one, that would be fantastic. We could still be friends. But on the flip side... If you're gonna hang around, you're gonna force me to a point where I'm gonna to have to bounce you. Yeah. And we've now reached that point. So yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, finish, I'm finish,
0: finish. Be honest with us. How long did it take you to get to that point? Because you're a notoriously impatient man. Was it two? Was it, was it one leave and one forward defensive? And you're like, sake! <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 innings, it was immediately. Second innings, it was, yeah. Because the captain was like, right, you're, you're bouncing him. Because that's always the conundrum you have as well. Because if someone comes in and it's your mate and the captain goes, bounce him. And in the back of your mind, you're like, but he's my mate, I don't really want to bounce him. But the captain's looking at you at mid-off going, bounce him <laughs> like, oh for god's sake and short legs there waiting for it you got deep square out just in case he decides to take it on no one in front of square and you're just like oh, I'm sorry Leachie it's coming yeah. it's coming
1: <laughs> <laughs> well Jack next time you're about to face Finney just, uh, just remind him as you're walking past him go Finney, I'll just, uh, you bounce me here, and just remember, I know everything that happened in Amsterdam. And if you want me to take those secrets to my grave, then you better bowl nice and floaty own off Stump. Thank you very much. Well, they
2: weren't that secret, because we got caught by the paparazzi on the first day of the stag team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unbe- I mean, to be fair. You got caught it- doing what? Hang on, you
2: can't leave it out there. Caught, <laughs> caught. Uh, caught. When we what? say we, I, I was the only person who got photographed doing this. I got caught waving a ten-inch sex toy around um, that, the streets oh, of Amsterdam. I've uh, seen
1: that photo. Was that in this? Was that on this? Tag team, was it? Yeah. I'd imagine
2: that's done the rounds on quite a few cricket WhatsApp groups. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm typing yeah.
1: Stephen Finn dildo into Google Images, it and I'm terrified up straight to away, think... Don't worry
2: about
1: that. <laughs> there, is, there, there, he is. There's, Finny, there's There's our Finny waving a dildo around, in the great, the great. Oh, yeah, that and... rings
0: a bell. That. Yeah, well, quite literally. Oh, yeah. Yes, there we go. Look at yes, that. yes, yes, yes. There I we go. That, what a that was then. Uh, it's, lovely to put, it's lovely to put a stag do to a face, you know what I mean?
1: It is, it's very, oh and, and, oh, and if you keep scrolling through Google Images, now somebody's throwing you the dildo, and uh, knowing Finney, you probably dropped it. You dropped it,
3: uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. Boy, that no. lady, the boys were absolutely loving it, like, they were on the front of the Daily Mail, and it said, like, Stephen Finn practising his throwing and catching skills with a sex toy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: to be fair that is the dream if you're on a stag deal you are hoping that you make it to the front page of a, of a national paper so fair play to you both uh, now i've got to ask you jack about how life is at the moment because finney you know he's uh, his midlife crisis continues not only has he's got his ears pierced but he's moving down to, to brighton as well moving down to sussex there you go there's the earring what do you make of it jack can
2: you see the dangly bit on it as well Look, oh you've added a
1: dangly bit,
0: bit. me oh is that Hashim Amla or not that doesn't look like Hashim Amla There
2: we go because he was going to put
0: his bunny on his ear you see oh. and Finny <laughs> being a man of, of limitless confidence, that decided that Hashim Amla one of the great batsmen of all time is his bunny because he got him out once or something <laughs> He's going to dangle a little representation of Hashim Amla on his ear. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm slightly worried that you keep adding accessories to, to your jewellery. If we keep doing this podcast for another six months, you're going to look like Mr Progress. T.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I can see lychee with a couple of earrings in as well, actually. It'd be intimidating.
1: What What do you make of it, Jack? You've already started playing golf, so that's the start of the midlife crisis. Ear, pierce? what do you reckon? I think,
3: uh, not for me, but Benny... Finney's quite a fashionable guy, so it's obviously a thing at the moment. Oh no. no. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't, don't,
0: don't, I, this wasn't what we got you on a podcast for, Jack. Can we be quite clear? I thought I I thought I made myself really clear. He mm-hmm. always
1: smart, be fair. Uh, so I've got to ask you about life at the moment, Jack, because our Finney here, I mean, he hasn't got to play any cricket for about six months. He's probably just going to sit on his backside. He's not going down to Australia to play some cricket. You are, however, so how's all the fitness going at the minute? How is the pre-Ashes warm-up going?
3: Yes, it's going well. Um, I had a small amount of time off at the end of the season, had a wedding uh, in the Isle of Wight, which was lovely. Adam Hose from Warwickshire, he was getting married, so it was a bit of a um, uh, championship-winning party as well, so that was nice to um, be part of that. Not, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the only, it's only a way a Somerset player will ever get to be a part of a championship oh, party
0: oh, if, you, if, unbelievable. If, if the last 140 years
3: or anything to go by <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, but yeah so, um, yeah so I've had a little bit of time off but now it's um, it's kind of back into things back in the gym uh, started bowling Friday and yeah just getting back into training now I've got fitness testing next week at Loughborough and yeah it's all ramping up really which is um yeah, I'm enjoying it and I am i can't wait to to go down under and obviously, no, it's going to be a massive challenge and really relishing it. I, I sometimes, I'm sceptical so, I'm
0: sometimes when I hear cricketers say that they're relishing um, training, but <laughs> the first time I met you was at Taunton a couple of years back and it was that game against Essex when it was winner-takes-all yes. and, and it was pouring with rain most of the time. It was really disappointing because it could have mm. been brilliant and at the end of every day, I'd see you in the indoor net just bowling the, the overs that you didn't get to bowl that day because the bloody rain had come. And I thought this was a fantastic dedication to, to your art. Yeah. Uh, do, do you actually enjoy training? I mean, Jimmy Anderson says he enjoys
3: training. Do you enjoy it? I do sometimes. I think um, <laughs> I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. I think um, like, really am like wanting to like master my craft, which I know takes a lot of time. But I think I'm I I'm a big thinker um which can be sort of it's a positive like but it's also my negative probably a strength and a weakness because I think yeah at times I can kind of burn myself out really with it and yeah. not know when to relax and leave it and just do rather than think and want to keep getting better I guess the the art of it is to kind of know what you need to get better at and not overdo it because I get excited when I feel something different and I'm like oh that's really nice and and then I want more and I want more and it can get a little bit too much at times so I think it's just finding that balance all the time but I think if I wasn't that way inclined then I probably wouldn't have got to where I am now so I have to remember that it's probably probably helped me out.
1: I've got to ask you on the on the fitness side because surely I mean involving your slow left arm Surely you don't have to have the exact same fitness regime as, for example, when Ben Stokes is in the side and he's there planning on bowling yeah. 20 overs, score, scoring a
3: 100 and throwing himself around in the field.
1: Are you expected to be at the same level as Ben Stokes when he's in the squad?
3: Uh, I agree. Totally. I love that. I think you should get in, <laughs> in contact with the UTB and suggest that. Um, but, yeah, we are expected to be at the same level. And, yeah, so it's, um, it's tough, I think, I'm not mad into my, I'm probably not the most natural athlete, as you can probably see by the way I move around the field. But yeah, I I try hard and um, I get the work done that I need to do. And yeah, that's, that's it really.
1: With the ashes around the corner, and obviously it's um, it's going to be fascinating watching him down there. and We know what Australia's bowlers are going to do. They're going to bowl 90 miles an hour and there's probably going to be a lot of stuff at the English batsman's head. Yeah. Um, but there is room for spinners in Australia. Spinners, there was this one guy, Shane Warne. Yeah. He did quite well down there. You might have heard of him. And um, your test career has been... Being, I guess it must have been quite frustrating um, from your point of view because you've never let England down really when you're in the team and I was looking at your stats you've got a bowling average of 29 in 16 matches but it does often feel like every time you, you're you starting to get into the side and do well and take wickets then you come out the side because obviously in England the conditions aren't always the most helpful for, for spin bowling yeah. it's a big overcast green seamer so they pick four sort of 80 mile an hour swinging seamers um, is it, it must be frustrating for
3: you sometimes being in and out and not getting that run definitely I'm like, um... It's nice that you've noticed that as well because I think that is the most frustrating thing is um I guess you know coming back from India I knew, I knew it was it was good conditions to bowl spinning but I felt like also I gained a lot of confidence from the guys that I was getting out and I felt like I was sort of gaining momentum and and you don't want that momentum to kind of stop and and unfortunately it did in the summer Stokesy being out doesn't help my position probably with that Top, you know that top order batter who also bowls from seam allows for a different balance of of team. So um, it wasn't to be uh, this summer, and you know it's just about trying to stay in as good a place as possible and get the training done, and 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 trust that that opportunity will come again. And yeah, I guess I felt like England might have been a nice kind of sort of. You know bowling in India, and then I felt like bowling in England. I enjoy bowling in England. It it does spin over the five days, and um, with a Duke's ball, and then going to Australia is a whole new challenge. Cuckoo ball, flatter wickets, and um, so it would have been nice to have some game time over the over the summer, but um, it just you know it wasn't the right thing for the team. So I have to take that on the chin and and uh, be be ready to go when I'm when I'm called upon out there so yeah so it's a weird one because since me and Stokes did that batting at heading me it's felt like you know actually I I need him all the time and if he's not in the team then I might as well phone him up and say when are we gonna play again <laughs> like I, I might as well <laughs> yeah. sit out until then but um well yeah I think um it's um you know obviously Mo who's been brilliant for England and um I have a really good relationship with him and he's been so good with me and definitely helped the first part of my career, the way he's welcomed me in. And yeah, obviously with him retiring, I think um, there'll obviously be opportunity there if if they want to play a spinner. And yeah, I just can't wait. Well,
0: I want to just, and I know you can't respond to any of these things I'm going to say, Jack, but I I think it's an absolute outrage. I think you're underselling yourself for a start. I think you're a damn sight better batsman than they give you credit for. That one was the greatest one in the history of all Test cricket at Headingley against Australia. And you're 90 something at, at Lords, which I did commentate. And I've never been more gutted in my entire life than when you got out there. I think I might now, I can't possibly be more gutted than you because you could have got on the honours board at Lords with 100. But <laughs> yeah, but, and without us to rub it in. But I was really, really, really gutted. And it's not just Stokes, it's Wokes, because I reckon yeah. if Chris Wokes had been around, they might have been able to find a way of doing it. And then I think it was just a false premise because they, look, and I know, I don't expect you to comment on this, but they allow Stuart Broad to score 169 at Lords in 2011 or 10 and, and be a proper batter and then get progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, worse and they keep on picking him. You're genuinely the number nine in that side, and quite rightly too, because you're batting better than these two old buggers who can't be bothered <laughs> to actually put the time in the nets and bat properly. And I know you can't say anything, and I'm not expecting you to, but I speak for literally hundreds of thousands of fans around the world who think that it's all wrong. We should be playing our best left arm spinner. Our best spinner, bar none, should be in the side, because if we're only going to play one spinner, you might as well get the very best one, and you are he. And, uh, <laughs> and I needed to get that off my chest, Toby. Here, here. It annoys me. That wine's just about kicking in, then. Too. Yeah, I
1: said that cheap Pinot Grigio's kicking yeah, in. Yeah, that. not much <laughs> left. Look.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, if anyone's listening from the ECB, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> of course you do. You're right. Of course you do.
0: I I expect you to disagree.
3: No, I I thank you for the support, and it's so nice to hear that. And I think um it probably is something that i do do is undersell myself and yeah but i'm i do feel con- i think at times maybe uh when i do that people think oh i'm not that confident whereas actually i think deep down i do have quite a bit of confidence but i just need to to play and and keep learning and and learn through playing rather than um, in the nets because i think there's that's only you can't uh, there's only so much you can get from that and i've done a lot of that in the last 2 years so i just really want to focus on what's to come, and hopefully lots of game time. More importantly
2: than the cricket stuff that came from that one not out, what I want to know is how many different styles of glasses from Specsavers have you got? Like, have you changed <laughs> it up? Have you gone thin frames, couple of big ones, couple of tinted versions? Like, they literally just said have whatever you want and, and just I I need to know this because I want
0: to try the same trick basically, but with commentary. So yeah. How, how many glasses you got? No, um, <laughs>
2: I've got
0: one pair.
3: And what so yeah one one You're really not playing this right? Yeah, I think that that's one thing I'm worried about going to Australia is obviously how sweaty it's going to be, and I don't have any hair, which means that the, <laughs> the sweat just I get like it just goes onto my glasses, and I know those Australians are going to be in my face if I'm there cleaning <laughs> my glasses all the time. I need What I think what I think is a you a to... No, no,
2: no! You need to get a slap and stick. That's the answer, isn't it?
3: What's the you slap? You get and like the
2: oh, yeah. Yeah. shave it all off and drop him a on the top of his head. The leech too turns late. up for the ashes with a full, oh, head, full of head,
1: head, head of hair. Head. Oh, perfect! Oh, looking, canning. looking like I want you to look like Noel Edmonds at the first <laughs> test match. <laughs> it's too late.
0: I was imagining more Mahala Jaya Wardner, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> by the way, all of you, all of you should be wearing cotton. Should be wearing a cotton thing on the top of your head underneath a helmet. Because your plastic helmet yeah. reduces your strength, and so you need to wear a uh, a natural fibre between your head and that helmet anyway, and that will help with the sweat.
3: So yeah, maybe a band. <laughs> so you reckon a bandana? <laughs> Sponsored bandana. Yeah,
0: well, look at look at look at look at Mihaela or Chris Gale. I mean, you, you have so much in common yeah. with Chris Gale, <laughs> you first <for> <laughs> class You both left-handers. You're both like bosh bosh it all over the game. Yeah, gap. <laughs>
3: that's a good shout. I'm going to try You've
0: that. It's not very remote. dark, by the way, in your room. You've turned
1: into the milk tray man on Zoom. I need to turn the light on. Don't I? <laughs> Hang on. Uh, well, I, for one, am glad that, uh, that Jack Leach didn't wear a bandana or anything to soak up the sweat in that famous innings at Headingley, because we wouldn't have got one of the most iconic images of all time, which was you cleaning your glasses in between overs. It was quintessentially British. It was beautiful. Uh, in fact, on the Zero Ducks given uh, Twitter page, I tweeted a photo. I just said, we've got a very special guest joining us for this episode. And all I had to tweet was a photo of some glasses being cleaned by a cloth. <laughs> And all the followers immediately know who you're talking about. It's beautiful. Um, I do actually, I, I wanted to talk about this and I wanted to finish with it. So I'm glad we've saved into it quite nicely. I can't let you go, Jack, but thank you so much for joining us. But before I do, without asking you about that one, not out, because it was the best test innings I've ever seen in my life. And I was just in my flat in Clapham by myself. You had the best seat in the house. Yeah. I mean, taught taught me through Uh, The ups and downs, the nerves. I remember Ben Stokes saying that he was never really that nervous until suddenly it was doable. Suddenly you only needed about 18 to win. And then the nerves kicked in. When you're out there, what was it like when it got down to about 18? Were, were you were you thinking about it? Were you trying to stay in the zone and not think about the pressure that came of it? Or were you absolutely bricking it? Because I would have been shitting
2: myself. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> 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 Mate, you shoot yourself when a 63-mile-an-hour league bowls at you on a Saturday, let alone... Bunny. <laughs> hey, on the pitches we play on at my standard, that, that
1: could
3: go anywhere. That could hit you right in the chops. Uh, how was it, Jack? Yeah, I, I did get exactly what Ben said. Where I got more nervous as it got... Uh, closer and and I guess to start with I was sort of I guess very f- like in the moment and and I felt very focused and because I didn't really think it was doable and um, I think I knew what my role was like Ben made it very clear and then he started doing some crazy stuff and you know I, I think it was when the stewards like started to come out onto the ground like they could feel the ending was was coming at like t- about 10 or 15 to win and and I was like oh, they, like you know we're gonna do it and then I was like but no we're, like we're not gonna do it if like me and him don't do it like is it on, all on us so um, <laughs> we have to stay focused and sort yeah. of stay in the moment so yeah it was it got really difficult towards the end I've got to ask you Nathan Lyon when
1: he missed that run out where were you going Jack what were you doing what were you what were you playing at
0: i mean i wasn't even able to to watch i had to hear it on the radio while i was in Maidenhead. then i was screaming I was like jesus what are you what are you playing at i couldn't even see what was going on but clearly i don't know what you were playing at
3: that moment just like like just takes a little bit of the um i guess yeah it ruins it for me a little bit because i always have to watch them. no <laughs> um but what do you mean ruins it you, what, what do you mean ruins it, it does the opposite because well,
0: it means that he gave the opportunity for Nathan Lyon to screw up so the man who said he was going to destroy careers yeah. during the last Ashes series then again I'm not expecting you to comment because it's, it's we don't want this to become a war of words but I thought it was rather amusing yeah. that one of the most iconic moments of 2019 was the bloke who taken to Twitter to say oh, we're going to destroy people's careers couldn't take off some bales yeah. hilariously Well, you won in magnificent yeah, fashion yeah no it
3: was um i think again it was like we were so close but um you know the plan was well up until then had been four or five balls um stokesy would face and then we'd try and get one and um but when it was four to win i think stokesy was thinking i'm finishing this this over um and obviously the next ball after that one he tried to sweep and that was the one that apparently was going on to hit but I didn't think it was out at the time but anyway luckily they'd used their last review on a shocking one that over before to me so um, (laughs) yeah I'm glad I missed that and it hit me on the pad and so yeah I guess it's it's interesting because you kind of look back on those things and see like those great things that happen and how much luck is involved and I guess that's something that I use to kind of not get too high or too low when things uh, don't go your way because yeah it's um a lot of kind of moments like that that can't really take any kind of credit for. And uh, obviously the world cup final would happen a couple of weeks, a couple of months before that, which was also ridiculous. So yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy game, crazy day. And uh, one that I thoroughly enjoyed. I bet. What what
0: you, what you need to know a couple of things uh, because probably no one's told you this, but um, when we came out of lockdown or, or, as we were sort of coming to the end of lockdown last year the thing that people wanted to hear most of all was the whole day of that Headingley win and especially the last hour and then they cut up last hour on BBC and played it so many times on the radio because it is and they played that more often than they played the World Cup final yeah. and I think more people interacted with that incredible test match that unbelievable day even than the World Cup final, yeah. So, the world and I'm a big fan of the World Cup final. Very much enjoyed the World yeah. Cup final. I'm not dissing the World Cup final, no. but you need to know <laughs> that you you basically were one half of one of the most remarkable hours of cricket that any of us have ever witnessed, and uh, it was and, uh... <laughs> it was amazing. And you're gonna, you're going to take that. To, for the rest of your life, you yeah. jammy bastard. And all you actually did was block it and then get a <laughs> single right at the very end. You know, <laughs> or one that was on the hip, frankly. And there was a bloody massive gap. Everyone said, "Oh, that's a great shot." Yeah. I mean, they would have done that?
3: <laughs> Left hander over a <the> wicket. You <laughs> think that, that's the ball that I was getting out to Finney earlier in the year? <laughs> hey. but, yeah, no. I think I think just on that is like it. People tell me where they were when they were watching or when it was going on and stuff and. I think something that it does kind of please me is that like obviously Test cricket means a lot to a lot of people, and I guess with all the shorter formats coming in and uh, things, is like you know the 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 greatest moments probably still do happen in Test cricket, and hopefully that that will continue and and there's a real bright f- future for Test cricket because I think it is the purest form of cricket and how it kind of there's different waves in the game and momentum and you know it tests everything um about both teams and you know we got bowled out for 80 in that first game in, in the first innings and um, also something about Stokesy's innings is like what the bowling performance that he did before in the third innings which uh, was like he bowled like 20 over straight and got like three, four and he just like kept us in the game like in the in such a little way but you know we had not much chance but it just he he is relentless and i love him we all do and we look forward to seeing him back uh, on a cricket pitch soon it's been great to see a video and
1: of him can, training on instagram
0: can i can I also say very briefly that that viva test cricket because from a broadcaster's point of view you do one match and you get paid five times the daily fee whereas <laughs> frankly a 50 over game is a very very long day for one day's work so do you know yeah Beaver test cricket,
1: Jack. We, we'll we'll let you go, but mate, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure, and please come back and chat to us again. But yep. best of luck in Australia. Best of luck with the fitness. We're uh, we'll be rooting for you, and we'll be shouting our TVs to get leechy in the squad. Uh, it's all gone full circle. So basically, Finney getting you out those two times made you get better at that shot, and in many ways, he's responsible for for that win at Headingley just as much as you and Ben Stokes. It's amazing, it's yeah. amazing how these things work. Yeah.
0: Before you actually actually do go, Jack, I genuinely want to know, and there's one question I've wanted to ask Jack Leach ever since I've seen Jack Leach play, that England's left-arm spinners, in fact, world left-arm spinners, have genuinely been He's mad. Bit mad. He's mad. He's <laughs> mad. Philip Edmonds, uh, Phil yeah. Tufnell, Monty Panesar. <laughs> very good at hiding it. You, are you mad, but are you hiding it? Um, Finny <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's hiding it so he's yeah. hiding it that's what I needed to know once I, <laughs> in once case, I retire yeah.
3: once okay. I retire oh I'm gonna be crazy <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> cheers Jack Thanks. all the best
3: have a good one bye
0: thank uh, you, See you Lee, thank you so much <laughs>
1: I love that. Absolutely love that. Great answer from him. Thank you very much to Jack Leach for joining us. Um, very quickly, the last couple of things I want to say is at the time of recording, which is sort of Monday evening, I should mention that uh, Ireland and Scotland have got off to a winning start at the T20 World Cup. Uh, Scotland uh, beating Bangladesh, which is a great win by six oh, runs, and Ireland oh spanking uh, Netherlands with Mark Adair bowling three for nine off his four overs, which is very, very impressive. And he's a Woodstock man. And sadly, <laughs> the mighty Papua New Guinea were spanked by 10 Ooh. wickets by Oman. Um, always tough to play Oman, though. Always tough to play Oman. No, and, yeah. and also, we've got a live show happening November 13th, 5pm in London. We would love for you to be there. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster, and it's the three of us and the one and only Mr. Steve Harmison uh, is going to be there as well. Finally, Finney, mate, what are your plans out now? Because now that you're basically on your sort of uh, holidays for the next six months, what what you got in the diary between now <laughs> and next week? More golf, more, more singing um, green in the
2: karaoke bar in Bath? Let me think. Actually, yeah, I've got a golf weekend in Tunbridge, Wells On um, Saturday and Sunday. I'm actually working for the BBC on Friday on a World Cup game um and then i'll be talking to you absolutely muppets next monday i'd imagine so yeah, that's well, it. I
1: can scarcely wait uh, Chaps, uh, lovely to see you um, and uh, thank you very much for listening and if you haven't bought a ticket to our live show yet then then please do because we'd love to see loads of you there and Finny, I'm going to let you go back to whatever you're doing, playing Xbox in your underwear and Norcross, you, I'll let you get back yep. to your glass of That's, chap, all that's left. Grigio
0: That's That's all that's left, I've got half a glass left, um, you actually have been very convivial, well I say you, Jack's been very convivial company and he's really sort of leavened what it's like having to spend an hour with you two <laughs> um, so I'm going to finish that I'm going to uh, go to Wagamama's. other yeah. noodle outlets are not available in Media City
1: so, so that's well, why I've if, got to go there if, if, well and if you, you are anywhere in out. the Salford area for the next uh, few days Norcross is there Run so away. please lock up your grandmothers <laughs> uh, right all the best see you next week chaps <laughs> bye bye see you